On the television show Frasier, the people are presented with two separate but unequally problematic kinds of episodes, those that do not hold up and those that are timelessly repugnant. This is the second kind. Let's get loosey-goosey. Guys, have you read any good books lately? Are there any hot literary books that are lighting up the charts? Uh... Uh, well, I mean, I... This is a reference to the episode that we're going to talk wait, about. Wait, wait, oh yeah, I read this one called Call Me By Your Name, uh, <laughs> comma, uh, <laughs> Fraser Crane, that is. Call Me Fraser Crane. Dr. Fraser Crane's in a sex book. Season, <laughs> Fraser season two, uh, episode one, uh, Slow Tango in Seattle. South Seattle. So, is that even a thing? I don't think it's a thing. It sounds like not a thing. It's, uh... I think it's just called uh, Tacoma. Mm. Yeah. I think that was just clever alliteration on the part of the people who wrote the episode because they wrote this episode in fucking Los Angeles or New York and they don't really know anything about Seattle, probably. Um, so I had a question uh, going through my, my little baby mind this uh, <laughs> this whole episode, and it was revealed, uh, which was how old was Frazier when this happened? <laughs> uh, and then the other question was how old was the lady? The answer is she was forty. He was, he was 17, at least at the end of the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. This is an episode. Yeah. We should probably say more of what the plot is. Yes. And then yeah. we can get into everything wrong with yeah. it. <laughs> so yeah, let's, let, let's set the scene. So Elaine Bennis's uh, uh, <coughs> boss. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's, 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 no, start at the beginning. Well, that's the beginning, isn't it? Has written no. a book. No, the the beginning is uh, Roz is reading a book while Fraser is trying to do a show. Yes. And she's like ignoring the calls. And the book is thought to be this really engrossing piece of popular literature that's very steamy and romantic. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts about how this episode frames literature and like the popular imagination of literature, mm. specifically the way women consume literature, because it's very different than what we would consider uh, popular women's consumption today. Mm. Uh, so the book she's reading is a book called Slow Tangle in South Seattle uh, by a guy who's played by Jay Peterman from Seinfeld, mm-hmm. John O'Hurley. He gives a, uh, a great performance. He's great in like the two or three minutes that he's in it. Now, now he's, uh, set, he's set up as a, a person who hung out at Cheers. That, Cheers! Was he on Cheers? Was no, that a real? No, he no. was not on Cheers. This was a made-up thing. Yeah, this was something that was made up by the show. So the show sort of um, uh, says that oh, he was a regular at Cheers, uh, who talked to Fraser all the time, and Fraser over drinks would sort of talk to this guy about his life, and the guy, this author played by Jay Peterman from Seinfeld, wrote a book called Slow Tango in South Seattle, which is about the story of how Frazier lost his virginity at 17, probably 16, to a 40-year-old piano teacher. And consequently, the rest of this episode is a big joke about how Frazier was sexually assaulted as a child. Yeah. 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 Yeah, including, like, perhaps... 
perhaps the worst part of the episode was when they're in Fraser's apartment with Niles and Martin, and it's oh, yeah. first revealed that the story was lifted from Fraser's real life experience and the reactions of Niles and in particular Martin yeah. are horrifying. Boy, this really fries me. You know, that woman taking advantage of my kid. Not to mention I was putting out 10 bucks a week for piano lessons so you could get your heads trimmed. <laughs> Wait a minute. We're not talking about Miss Warner. Don't tell me this was going on during your lessons, too. No, you'll be relieved to know that while Fraser was getting his Rachmaninoffs, I was actually studying music. <laughs> uh, a similar joke is uh, at the end when uh, he's talking about how he's uh, uh, feels bad about how he left things, and she feels bad that uh, she uh, didn't teach him enough because they were uh, uh, she was fucking. assaulting him. They were fucking. Yeah, and yeah, it was uh, and, raping and, him. And and, yeah. and and Martin Martin uh is like says to Niall, like, Niles like, did this happen with you as well? Yeah, yeah. And it's like no. that's that's the real question in a completely different emotional spirit would be the real question: Were you also victimized? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so there's a moment in this episode that is like the only true moment that I could suss out, which is. Martin suddenly is concerned because Niles is the younger brother. So Niles would have been like, what, 13 or something? Yeah, yeah. So when it's implied that something happened with Niles, he's like, oh, this wasn't going on when you were a student, was it? Like, that's the only true moment of like, a guy like Martin would want to fucking blow this woman's head off. Yeah, yeah. and, and, okay, so there's, I think, two layers to this onion of being problematic. Uh, one is perhaps, perhaps, I don't know, like an archaic standard with these things. Justin referenced Call Me By Your Name earlier, although this age gap is much more alarming. Yeah. Uh, and the yeah, other, yeah. Is, is the other is the double standard. Oh, 100%. This, this is yeah. purely a, um, uh, an artifact of the time. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, South Park has a, a great episode that's very similar of a, a, a female teacher and one of her students. And the joke of the episode is like, cops is she, will hear. The student's like a four year old. Yeah, yeah. And the cops will yeah. hear it and say, nice. Yeah. And that's yeah. truly how, um, how it was viewed. Or even, well, no, I'm not sure that's changed because a pretty recent SNL sketch involving Pete Davidson, which tells you how recent it is. Mm. Uh, is a uh, dramatization of a high school student who's sleeping with his teacher, uh, which is the same age gap here. And uh, the bit is that the judge, played by Kenan Thompson, uh, instructs his stenographer to specifically write down that he says, my man, uh, specifically <laughs> like that. Uh, so there's still this really disturbing double standard with these things because yeah. obviously swap swap the genders and it's uh, pretty universally uh, uh, abhorrent, yeah. abhorrent, um, uh, and and more well, at least we think so now. Uh, maybe again back then, sort of a uh, well, you know, uh, age of consent laws aside, a illegally January. <laughs> Uh, September relationship uh, may have been less abhorrent, even if it were uh, the genders reversed. Um. So I have some thoughts. 
about that. Um, so this episode is very much in keeping with what was then sort of a waning but still popular genre of literary fiction, which was a young man, usually like between like 14 and 17, discovers himself sexually with an older woman. Like that was a, a pretty prominent like that white dude thing. writes Bildungsroman literature thing. And it was never understood in the context that we should understand it in. It's the way we probably do understand it now, which is that is a traumatic experience. That is not a growing experience. That is an assault. Um, but like, you know, it, it's very like sort of Philip Roth light or John Irving light kind of a thing. And they don't write books quite like that nowadays. Um, but the way the episode frames it is that the books that were being published of that nature were sort of women's books. Uh, whereas now, like, women's fiction trends are like Fifty Shades of Grey or crazy uh, romance genre shit like that. Uh, but, like, this sort of slightly steamy Bildungsroman is framed as uh, being very appealing to Daphne and Roz. Um and it, it, it was in keeping with books that would have topped the New York Times bestseller list at the time, but it's fucked yeah. up. Yeah, it's it's really messed up. And the problem is, like, once you accept that – you accept the premise that this is somehow not something people should be alarmed about and Frasier should feel, you know, traumatized by, uh, then you move on to the preposterous plot beyond that past the acceptance of that which is that he somehow messed up by uh ending their tryst uh yeah. uh because he had to finish high school and go to college uh, go to college like a child becoming an adult yeah oh god and I and 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 Daphne even after reading the uh, uh the, the end of the book as he's simultaneously reading it comes in and slaps him for it's it and he, like he was the wrong one yeah yeah. Oh God. I have to say this as as a uh, a side thing, within this episode, um, one of the darkest jokes I've ever seen, at least on Frasier, Bulldog is discussing oh, how, how he yeah. had a similar thing when he was sixteen years old. Look, I had a similar experience when I was sixteen with an older woman who introduced me to the mysteries of love. Of course, she was a hooker. Hey. It was a birthday present from my dad, okay? You want to know the ironic thing, Doc? All I wanted was a bike. With a, with, with a prostitute. With a prostitute that his father had gotten him. And the funny thing is that I actually only wanted a bike. And his voice cracks as he says it. And, and it is and so fucking dark. Dark and terrible and horrifying. Why is it a joke? Season two of Frasier Writer's Room. See, so much of this uh, I could totally see in a different way. I guess maybe in a modern uh, way. If Frasier was made today in the new age of dramedy, <laughs> that these are um, uh, great moments of character uh, building 
if they handled it in any sort of way, but there was no intention of handling the subject matter. This is just a joke. No, it's just a joke. It's just a punchline. Yeah. It was literally just a joke. Now, speaking of jokes, though, <laughs> there are a couple of things that I... There, there are a couple of good ones. There are... When, I will say, this is a show that is excellent craftsmanship. Yeah. There's, there's good, there are good jokes in here. Wait, hey, Nazi uniforms were very sharp. <laughs> when he's talking to Jay Peterman... Um, uh, and uh, Jay Peterman, like, reveals on the radio that he got the inspiration from God. <laughs> One thing I must ask you, what was your inspiration for this poignant love story? Oh, oh, quiet, quiet. It's his last chance. Well, Amber, it was actually given to me by God. By God? <laughs> Do you believe this guy's grandiosity? I'm God and he knows it. I am God. I'm God. <laughs> Funny. And the um, uh, the piano teacher's mother. Oh, that, that at, was a good sequence. At the end, it's a uh, miscommunication. He thinks that she is the piano teacher. The significantly older woman. And he's telling her their backstory, and she's oh, I don't remember that. I but, remember. But she's oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Dear, this is Fraser Crane. Apparently, we were quite an eye to one. Uh, yeah. And so at the very end of the episode, the final ba-dump bump is uh, that the actual piano teacher comes in, and she's a... Uh, Sexy golden yeah, girls. Golden girl yeah. pre-cougar. And Fraser is still fucking pitching a tent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then... God damn it. Her... her, uh, her partner or whatever whoever she's dating comes in and leaves with her you look, yeah this guy this guy who's like 25 if he's a day and uh, uh, the lady the big punchline is uh, are you in here uh-huh i wasn't interested in 40 year old men then and i guess i'm still not <laughs> oh so you're still a uh, uh, predator uh, so <laughs> yeah. you're still a uh rapist yeah yeah just let's uh i mean i i think we're at a point now where we don't need to use the rhetorical tool of reverse the genders but for the sake of just uh being appalled yeah <laughs> uh i imagine that shit trying to fly uh now throughout this whole episode uh it's it's a travesty it's it's uh, vile however kelsey grammar's i've I felt sympathy He's, for him the whole time, even though it, through his performance, like I could see, yes, he. He's wonderful in this episode. Yeah. And, and, and we, yeah, we, you feel sympathy for him, even if the show doesn't. Yeah. I guess in the mad world that he's living in with his characters, and I guess the real mad world we were living in where this show aired uh, he was reacting in a very human way. He, I don't think he had any reactions that you could pin on him as being problematic no. or inappropriate, uh, given, you know, the input he had from the world, like his father cracking wise about it and his coworkers all knowing about it and it being uh, the subject of a best-selling novel uh, and his uh, employee slapping him in the face for it and... <laughs> Now, um, here's the thing. I there, 
during the course of the show, there have been a few episodes that I misremembered. Uh, this episode I misremembered as being having a a darker ending, um, but also one that would have been more uh, felt better in context of of making it as vile as it actually is. That he thought the thing they had was special, and it is revealed yeah. that she did it. Uh, that with like all of her students yeah. that's how I remembered the episode it was not that but like that would be worse yeah it was similarly flipped though yeah but yeah it was it was like it was clearly not this big emotional thing that no and the, it was like the joke you referenced I didn't like 40 year old men then and I don't know which means yeah Fraser Crane was not the only one yeah her taste was yeah. pedophilic uh, and 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 let's not forget that just last season we had a role reversal, except with like a what what she was twenty two, twenty three. Yeah, with the, yeah. with the with the shop girl. Uh, and there's a, there's another one coming like six years from now with Zoe Deschanel. Uh, I forgot yeah. about that one. But it, but it, I I I don't remember the Zoe Deschanel episode. But I know the one last season. It was decided that it would be inappropriate and wrong. Yeah. Uh, uh for a forty-year-old to date like a twenty-three-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was a whole episode about how that's creepy and weird. Yep. Yeah. In the context of the show, they're even wrong. So in a way, yeah. the, sh- the show is enforcing its own double standard logic. Yeah. And, like, what I can't get over is he goes to the house and he wants to ask her out on a goddamn date. He's still pitching a tent. He's still horny for this lady who traumatized him as a child. I mean, they say it. I mean, well, art is whatever you take it. Uh, so you, you can make an assumption that the writers were saying that he was a nerdy loser. But they kind of reference it where, uh, you know, in, in the coded language of metaphor, they say uh, uh, he, he slept with this woman and then he didn't sleep with anyone else for six and a half more years. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to laugh like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. but we're in reality, that could be easily That's trauma. Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That maybe maybe he had some hang ups around sex from uh, being uh, raped ha- as a child. Welcome back to Frasier! <laughs> season to Frasier. 2 started off strong! How was your yeah. summer, everyone? Uh, I will say season 2 gets better. It, we, a lot there's, better. After. There's only up to go from here. Yeah? Is, yeah, this, no, is this the worst episode so far? It In is. In terms of this kind of I stuff? Think, yeah. Oh, a billion percent. Yeah. Nothing, well, nothing comes close. I hated this episode forever. It always made me uncomfortable, and it was just bad, bad, bad. And even like amid there being like Good jokes, like well-written jokes mm. and good performances. The whole thing is just bad. Like there, there are some funny like one-liners of like uh, Martin saying, "So this whole book's about the night you can see Frederick." <laughs> Very amusing, Dad. Be happy to know that was not my first time. Hey, I'm happy to know it wasn't your only time. <laughs> uh, pretty funny, like one-liners. I mean, like, like e- even like. Even the jocular nature of this riffing when it's a father and a son, it's just, I don't know. I find it all a bit. You were raped as a a teenager. Let me make a joke about how you didn't lose your virginity until you were uh, 35. 
I'm the uh, Fraser Crane head writer, uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. This one, I, I, the characters I feel are very ill used by the writers in this episode. I, I have to say, there is a Niles Daphne moment where he goes cross-eyed and gets but, he goes but, cross-eyed and fucking gets horny. But it's, it is it is the uh, phase two version of that, I, I think. Where he Daphne is, has straight hair instead of curly. Where where he is he is reacting to a thing, but not engaging with it. You know what I mean? Whereas before, uh, do you get what I mean? It Kinda. seemed a little better. Is what I'm trying to say. I think it say. is better, and I think it's better generally from this point on. Well, they fucking have to be to make up for this fucking episode. Yeah, no, it's better from this point on. And, like, the, it doesn't go to the lows of the uh, uh, RV episode. Yeah, true. He's filming her sleep. Do you know what show was on much earlier than this show and had a not perfect but more nuanced understanding of sexual assault in all of its varied f- forms? Soap. Oh, I was going to say Space. The final frontier. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Well, the, no, no, that was equally bad. <laughs> the, the Deanna Troy sex assault episode is terrible. It's, but they call it rape at the end. They do. They, they do. do. Um, That's still a bad. Episode. But they don't call it rape when the uh, uh, space ghost comes and impregnates her. Season, two, season episode two, episode one. one. <laughs> Hey, maybe that's a thing. Is that like a secret thing amongst the writers' rooms of uh, American television that season two, two episode, episode one, one is the <laughs> yeah. Is that's your big, that's your big fuck up episode? Okay. We'll talk about that episode of Star Trek eventually at some point. The child, yeah, because it's terrible. Jesus, uh, the first episode where Whoopi Goldberg appears. So it's oh Whoopi. god, yeah, poor Whoopi. I love Whoopi. She's great on. Uh, TNG generally. Well, both of these shows are substantially less problematic than uh, uh, Justin. Yes. Do it one more time for me. Do the Tim Allen. Uh, 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 uh. (laughs) More power, more power. I don't think so, Frank. (laughs) Uh, Wilson, who is Wilson? We're all Wilson. <laughs> uh, Justin is Tim the Toolman Taylor. Oh, oh, oh. No, I guess... that's not Tim the Toolman Taylor. Wait, is it? Yeah, what? it is. Yeah, of course oh, it shit. is. No, uh, who's uh, Richard Kind? Who's uh, Al Borland? <laughs> Al Borland. Yeah, Al Borland. Yeah, yeah. Justin is Al Borland. I'll take that. He's a lovely man. Oh, he's made of nothing. Justin, your mother is obese and terrible. You're also <laughs> an incompetent fool, and I think you look terrible, and everyone hates you. I'm, <laughs> I'm in touch Justin, with my emotions. Justin, more power, more power. I'm worried that my son, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, is a gay boy because he's goth. That was an episode of Home Improvement that we let air on television, America. Hey, God, America, you're canceled. America, you're canceled. You let Tim Allen be a thing. He's still a thing. They still have that show, Last Man Standing. That I'm fucking canceled. dog whistle. Yeah. It's just tool time over again, except uh, pro-Trump. No, it got moved to Fox. It got moved oh. to a bigger network. Hey, Fox, 
You're canceled. Fox News, you're canceled, son. <laughs> what? We're doing great, God guys. God damn it, we're all going to die. Who cares? The world is ending. Um, the species is going extinct. Giraffes are on uh, the endangered species <laughs> list. Uh, we're all going to die. Uh, biodiversity is ending. <laughs> Uh, enjoy uh, fighting over resources and water over the next 10 years. Uh, enjoy relocating from the coasts to a central part of North America. Three hours later. Oh, the, the hilarious anecdote. Thank you for uh, sharing that. Hey, Tom. Yes. Do you have any news on your life? Uh, yes, I certainly do. What? Uh, so uh, I gave tendered my resignation at a little place called Glarns and Global. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. Did you tender that resignation recently? I did. I did. In to, fact, to whom? Uh, to the new manager, man. Oh, okay. To, to a new guy who I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. We've called him out on here before. Hey, Paul. <laughs> uh, uh, a pathetic uh, subhuman who was convinced that he was <laughs> a creative person. Hey, guy, I never met. You're probably fine. Fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta say, I, I didn't have too much of a chance to work. It's so funny to me that Justin worked for that store for a really long time, and there was a new store manager that they hired that he never met and then quit. <laughs> I for like six months he was there, right? No, it was only like a, at most two months or a month and a half. The thing is, like, I didn't work with the guy a lot, but from talking to other people, he seems pretty solid. <laughs> Seems like an alright guy. Also, I'm quitting right as the company is going through a transformation. It's got new owners. It's being taken yeah. off the market. Yeah, they, they were CEO. brought up by private equity. So who knows? Maybe they're gonna like up the minimum wage to 16 and like start no, having. Gonna, no, it's gonna be not gonna happen. No. An, an environmentally wasteful shitstorm of knickknacks and uh, cultural decay. Yeah, uh, vulture, cap, uh, vulture capitalism does not work that way. Private equity buys up dying uh, retailers and uh, saddles them with more debt and then reaps some profit and forces them to go bankrupt and uh, close. So it was it was time to go. It was just, you know, I had a, a rough shift and being 30 years old and doing that. So, uh, you know, I still have my other job where I get most of my income, but it's not an it's not a complete livable income. But, you know, I'll be all right. And change begets change. And I guess I'm thinking of this as a catalyst and I'm going to have to do something to at least occupy my time more fully. But hopefully that something will but get more change and shake things loose and hopefully I'll uh, you know we'll see we'll see what happens it's just it's really disappointing to see within a large institution how little regard is given institutionally to the well-being and welfare of employees and not a lot can happen to you when you work in a bookstore 
You know what I mean? There's not a lot of injuries you can receive. Although I did have my leg cut by a razor sharp rusty table and had to get a tetanus shot, which I was not compensated for. Oh, I remember that. Uh, with blood on my pants for the rest of the day. But not a lot can happen to you. But even in that rather innocuous work environment, the amount of you know the the amount, disrespect disrespect but also just minimalization of real concrete threats and abuse from the public from and humanity and 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 employees of that same yeah. organization and how insufficient action was taken that put people's well-being at risk uh it's it's really disheartening in in the you know in the for-profit sector and i'm sure these things permeate most institutions uh public private or otherwise but uh when you're working retail man you are you are nothing no yeah like ha- uh, having a public sector job now has uh really taught me how much more you are valued as a person absolutely in the public sector than you are in the private sector like you are just they treat you like a human being and they treat you like you have worth and yeah. you don't get that when you're working in a for-profit institution see i, I uh, uh a publicly traded for-profit institution is not publicly traded anymore because they were brought up but still i i worked in a public private public sandwich i had a public sector job beforehand so it was quite a learning curve in the come down uh to that you know shitty disrespectful corporate culture and then i've escaped back into the public sector and that's you hit it on the head that's the key difference you're thought of as a person as a human being uh and i'm sure that is also the case in i don't know less uh working poor class (laughs) type private jobs when they have to be concerned about lawsuits uh more but yeah it's a amazing it's like the Palo Alto uh, experiment. People just fall into roles and it doesn't matter what you're actually like. People just, you know, you're the you're the retail scum and they're they're the class trader management who are paid a slightly larger pittance to turn around and whip their underlings. They're paid 20 cents more, you know, on the dollar and they own you. And even the fucking uh, upper level management, they're paid what? Yeah, not that much. Five, five, six, five, six dollars more probably. Anyway, I'll see you all at anyway. the uh, Amazon warehouse. <laughs> um, and this is a big moment. See you in, in hell. Here, it's a big moment in Plaid Lads. Time to reveal the place that we used to work for. It was Barnes and Barnes Noble. Barnes and Noble booksellers. Booksellers. It's a big bomb I just dropped on you, Barnes and Noble. So literally, we started the show where back in July, literally uh, twelve months ago, we did our first test show. Yeah, do we still July have that? Last Can we year. release that? Oh, that's got to be somewhere. Look yeah. for it. <laughs> and the, this that was a lost show because it was garbage. Yeah. Yes. But we were all working at the same Barnes and Noble at the same time. Uh, a month later. Uh, I got fired, <laughs> and then uh, I, th- I would like to think that a Spartacus-like chain <laughs> started. <laughs> yeah. and we all left. 
Justin, and then uh, shout out to Lindsay. Lindsay! Shout out to Lindsay. She left earlier. Lindsay, we're going to have you on the show. I promise. Folks, there's no such thing as Lindsay. (laughs) (laughs) Follow the Plaid Lads on Twitter and Instagram at PlaidLadsPod. Follow Justin Tatora on Instagram at welcome underscore two underscore wonderfalls and at some things that made me cry follow tom me my music elbowake.bandcamp.com at elbowake music on instagram rate and review us on itunes please if you give us five stars we'll read it on the air you can say anything you want about us we'll read it anyway see you next time folks